0: For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at Curiositystream.com slash gift.
1: From the home of TV News, interviews and reviews. This is the Custard TV live.
2: Sucking at the teat of television, it is the custard oh. TV podcast. Yeah, it's quite nice.
3: No, I for who? For who?
2: <laughs> for the reciprocator, in this case,
3: television. Um. I'm appalled <laughs> uh. already. That's going to be we're... quite
1: painful, though. Really, wouldn't you get like a sh- electric shock or something?
2: Not on these modern tellies. <laughs> the Custard TV podcast, uh, the official podcast of that, uh, their website, thecastortv.com. I am Luke, editor and uh, sucker and cheat of thecastortv.com, and I'm joined as always by uh, Londoner Gary, yo, and Northerner Matt. Hey up. Catchphrases done. Okay, uh, if you've not heard the podcast before, we we do our catchphrases and then we move on. Uh, actually, I don't have one
3: anymore.
1: Yes, it you're is. No- it, it, normally,
3: your grumpiness is a catchphrase.
1: No, your catchphrase <laughs> is like, come on, I'm
3: bored. Come on! Now. Oh, this is <laughs> oh. going on so long!
1: Oh, you're oh. about to hear that. I'm going to smack you
3: in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll in save, it and, you... <laughs>
3: I'll it, right save it
2: and use it later. Um, so, we use our catchphrases, then we go on and we talk about the best and the worst on the box. First, though, how have we spent a day where the banks are closed? Uh, what have you been
3: doing, Gary? Uh, well, I watched uh, Game of Thrones from last night in the uh, United States of America. Uh, then you went a very all good the way to the American to to America. all <laughs> the way to America to watch it. Then I watch an excellent uh, web chat discussion called What the Flick uh, about Game of Thrones, and uh, I've got a lamb cast hot pot in the oven. Is that uh, a euphemism? <laughs> no, that's that's strictly true. Not a euphemism.
2: <laughs> I don't watch. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I didn't know if that was like a a piece of jargon yeah, that just after the Red of. Wedding of the
3: Purple Women is the lamb hot pot
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Matt how about you
1: I've been uh, having a boring day writing and, and, and such uh, but I am off out after we've done this podcast where
2: are you mm-hmm. off to Ooh. just to a
1: friend's. not, not he... exciting but he, he will be listening oh to that
2: this be... that's
1: stage. great that is so hello <laughs> I'll see you so in a <laughs> Somebody I know not want not do listen. this live anymore, but it'll be fun for him to listen to this back and just, like, shock him a little bit.
2: That'll blow his mind. <laughs> he'll think you're yeah, coming that. over any minute. I like the idea that he'll be waiting by the window just in case you pop over when he hears that. I can't believe as well that you know he listened and you, you refer to it I, as not exciting.
1: Well, not as exciting as say, you know, going on a roller coaster or something like that. Or yeah. I don't find that. Well, nice. I don't know. Going yeah. to a 24 screening or something like
2: that. My friendship mm. with with you two has been a bit of a roller coaster. I'm just waiting for the ups.
3: Yeah, I feel sick uh, most of the time.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So, and I've I've been I've been supervising the going up of a gazebo, and that is a euphemism. So think about that what you will. Oh, uh, right. TV
1: another another way that you're TV.
3: supervising the going up of a gazebo. Does that just mean <laughs> you were standing there going, yeah, that bit goes into that bit and... Yeah.
1: Providing moral support as always. How long
3: does it take to erect a gazebo? That well, sounds that's like something a
1: I'm not going to tell you guys. That,
2: <laughs> that's, that's for a whole different podcast.
1: <laughs> that's uh, <sighs> sex Box Series 2. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Mario Fostrock <laughs> will tell me. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's uh, crack on with the with telly base podcast. Oh, don't use that phrase! <laughs> Okay, um, some news, all of which I believe you can find on the website. So we'll just we'll just summarise it for you. Uh, ITV have commissioned a new four-part drama that's going to be called Safe Houses. Sounds quite exciting. And uh, Ch- Craig Parkinson and Julie Walters are to join forces in an in a really long sort of eight-part Channel Four drama called Indian Summers.
1: Really uh, Julie
2: Walters. Well, th- well, it is long for a channel for drama. Epic, I think. isn't it? It's
1: sort of. They're all uh, sort yeah, of but bit... I don't
2: like using that word, so I thought, what's a good <laughs> other word for epic? Really long. Yeah, I
1: hate I think the word epic. They are epic. actually filming this in India, aren't they, as, as far as like, yeah, I know. Yeah, mean, I've put, it's put in for a set, set visit. Set around a large sort of period of. As opposed of... to
3: Wales.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, I was going to put in for a set visit, but I think it's unlikely unless easy
1: jet flight to Bombay. Yeah, get your uh, <laughs> visa now. Get your shops and stuff.
2: So that's Craig Parkinson who's a bit on a bit of a high at the minute what with of duty things. Prey, mm. and the only, the only thing he's not in is Twitter anymore which is really annoying.
3: He's, okay, he's still considered um, a friend of the show even though he's not on yes, Twitter. Yes yes yeah
2: oh, all he has okay. to, all, he, all he have to do to be considered a friend of the show is talk to me once. That's all I require. Okay that's fine. Um so you're still on the fence there. Um also returning, BBC Three's Zai Bennett, although he may be off to Sky Atlantic, but he's had time to recommission some, some series for BBC Three. Jack Whitehall and Father will be back for a new series of Back Chat, including it's, it's a special on two Father's spe- Day. No, it's
1: just two specials, Luke, sorry to interject. It's uh, two specials, one for the start of the World Cup and one for um, Father's Day.
3: Can and I just say on this? I think I think that they're like they're looking to see what kind of interest this gets. This is one of the shows that I reckon could stick around on BBC Two after the uh, online I presence. I know. Of I found BBC it so I good. found
2: it annoying that
3: program. But I think yeah. But points. I think don't forget Jack Whitehall won a lot of comedy awards this year, so including the viewer vote.
1: I, I I think uh, it could survive in specials form, I think Luke's right, it did get sort of tiresome, it, it is one of those chat shows that definitely does depend on who's on it, um, and I think the first mm. episode with Jeremy Paxman and Danny Dyer was, was alright, but then I enjoyed the Christmas special, that's all I'll say
2: the revolution will be televised is it's one of those shows I've never actually seen, although
1: it has one annoying. In. It's very posh. It's, great, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's very much, you know, anarchic, you know, pick on the politicians. But it's it's hosted by two really, you know, public school boys who it, it just seems like they're daring each other to do these things. It doesn't seem like they're achieving much. It's it, it's it's very much a sort of vanity project, in my opinion.
2: I've heard the podcast described in that way as well. To be fair to them, so uh, that will be back. Who is, whose
1: vanity project is this? <laughs> uh,
3: mine. But normally, uh, Luke, he be does back. the podcast in front of a mirror.
2: Uh, also, Paul O'Grady will be doing more dogging on ITV for the Lover Dogs. To be He's clear, turning in the autumn, dogs, not doggy. Is there a difference?
3: Well, in case his lawyers are listening.
2: Oh, my apologies. And uh, the include almost human. I say include and then realise there's just that one on the list.
3: Almost yeah, it's human. because it, it premieres in this country on watch this week and it's already been cancelled in the States. So Isn't, I'm sure I mean, watch if, are uh, loving the American timing of that.
2: If I was um, a buyer, I'd be so annoyed.
3: Yeah. That Why I mean, they couldn't just wait another couple of weeks knowing they've sold the show abroad, what, why they couldn't just wait a few weeks. Because no-one's going to watch that show now. Anyone with a passing interest is going to go, what's the point? Despite Gary insisting it went on the... Uh, <laughs> the well, no, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's quite <laughs> an interesting televisual content. And also, I quite like the first episode, so... And um, it has a British what? link with um, Gareth out of the office in it. I.
2: Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie um,
3: Crook. Um, right,
2: f- you can go online to thecustardtv.com and uh, find out... The full cast announcements for new drama on BBC One. Both Map and Lucia and the Ark both have very strong casts. The Ark in particular... Did I just check? Is that um, two different
3: shows or three? Two. It's, <laughs> Map and Lucia. It's is one. Yeah. The yeah and the Ark is. is no oh, Okay. Because I didn't know if it was Map and then Lucia and the Ark or Map and Lucia and then the Ark. We're we really having notes? this conversation. This
1: now? is what we're Between doing Map now. And Lucia this and the Ark. The Ark is the Noah uh, drama, isn't it? With um, Um, starring
2: David Threlfall, last seen playing Tommy Cooper in uh, Not Like That, Like This. The question I have: Friend of the show, Nico MicaliGro. Yeah. Only has to talk to me once to be considered a friend of the show. Um, Also, what confused me, and we'll just gloss over this quickly, is the Ark was the official first title of Sunday Night Drama, The Crimson Field. Uh, but now we understand why that was sort of changed. The arc, the arc
1: originally period. was Noah, wasn't well, it? was just called Noah, and then I'm assuming it got changed because of the film Noah. And Bloody then maybe. our films. The arc changed into the Crimson Field. Ah, oh, confusing. Carry on. Life's awful. Life's awful <laughs> at the moment.
2: <laughs> okay, um, Jeremy Paxman, you'll know this. He's quit uh, Newsnight. He's going to be with it till the summer. And lots of speculation as to who's going to replace him.
3: Uh, and Harry. Scandal, which... <laughs> Is possibly, no, I'm, right? not, I'm not in the running. My uh, right. inside sources say that apparently he made this decision months ago, but the BBC have been trying to talk him out of it.
1: Is that like tomato up and HP? Yes. My
3: inside, inside source, yeah. Reggae, reggae. Uh, move on quickly, Luke, quick.
2: Uh, Scandal may have been dropped by Morphor, but don't worry, it's been picked up by Sky Living, which means if you... Um, don't have a Sky account, you might struggle to see the third series, but it will be on Sky Living in the summer.
3: Um, I and that's all I think about this is a good pickup for them because I think I think Scandal was more of a Sky Living show than a More Four show to start with.
2: Oh, there you go. That's personally
3: having having seen up. two series, I don't I don't I didn't quite see how it fitted on War Four, but it did. It does on Sky Living, fits their other dramas.
2: And with news with review, with news done, we move over to uh, the guy who. When are you going? What time are you going out?
1: Well, there's no sort of fixed time, but I'm I'm planning to go out as soon as we finish this. So okay,
2: well we'll just uh, oh, see yeah. how quickly you can get through the reviews then, Matt.
1: Okay, uh, I think uh, I've been selected for this today because we got a lot of northern reviews. If you have a look at the uh, the programs, three northern drivers, and also drivers. because
2: you told Gary you would yeah. do it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, it's a mix of the two, really.
1: What did I say about breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> which I've now tried to explain to Gary. Gary, do like, you know what this means now?
3: I understand the... Co- I understood the concept. I was playing dumb for the podcast. I understood the concept. Oh, is
1: that what four- you've been doing for the past two years? <laughs> That's
3: <laughs> right, yeah. doing it God very is. well. Uh, How the day which you, you two admit to, it would be a great start. Uh, uh Yeah, no, I, I was quite happy with my... my, my Previews that I know nothing about to do later.
1: Okay, go then. Uh, So we'll start with um, Happy Valley. This is the new um, drama from a friend of the show, Sally Wainwright, because Luke spoke to. We have to
2: talk to me once. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, This starred uh, Sarah Lancashire as um, a police officer, uh, who um, the Happy Valley of the of the title is. Is it the Calder Valley, Luke? Is that right?
2: Calder Valley, yes.
1: Valley in uh, Yorkshire. Um, where drug use is rife and she's got quite a complicated uh, personal life she lives with her recovering drug addict sister and uh, cares for her um, grandson uh, her her daughter having uh, committed suicide a few years ago Uh, the other story in this involves uh, a character played by steve pemberton who uh, feeling frustrated by his boss decides to organise a kidnapping of his boss's daughter to get the money he needs to send his daughter to private school I really enjoyed the sort of both elements of this I thought the um, the sort of kidnapping plot added some intrigue some sort of uh, fast pace to the drama whereas at the same time you had that sort of emotional edge that Sally Wainwright's dramas are known for with the, the uh, complicated personal life that uh, Sarah Lancash- Lancashire's character has uh, the only thing I thought this missed loop was maybe a bit more sort of light to go with the shade, because a lot of it is very, very dark.
2: Oh, well, I, I found bits of it quite funny, I have to say. Which, which I, I bits? Didn't, uh, particularly the opening scene, I found funny. Oh, OK, yeah, uh, yeah. And... I... And, the, and the... um. And the bit where she's talking to one of her colleagues about being charged for the uh, fire extinguisher. And then hmm. she's too old to have sex in a car as well. Okay. Which is, uh, what
1: uh, did you think to the drama as a whole?
2: I, sorry, but I, I had a vicious look from my mum. And it just happened to be walking by when I said sex in a car. Um, <laughs> 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 um, which uh, on the internet is odd. Okay, um, so yeah, I I just enjoyed how it felt different to a lot of things mm. at the moment. I enjoyed the balance between Steve Pemberton's character and Sarah Lancashire's character. I've always liked Sarah Lancashire, and this I think this is one of her strongest performances. The scene where she tells the uh, the young her grandson's teacher the story of um how she became her grandson's you know full time. Mm guardian was was yeah, and brilliantly that sort done of i have
1: watched the second episode of this and that sort of continues into the second episode of stuff about her relationship with her grandson and in particular her ex-husband's relationship with him as well which is quite interesting it sort of combines the sort of thrill of elements which are you know keep the plot moving along with some real realism of the calder valley the stuff that goes on there and the sarah lancaster character lancashire character as well and i thought her and and steve pemberton were were really good in this and i think he's i think his performance in this was certainly more of a success than uh, i thought rishi smith in the widower which i wasn't a big fan of mm-hmm. and gary didn't watch this so let's move on no no unfortunately not okay uh moving on now to uh, actually a drama i've seen all three episodes of
3: oh here we go what controversy
1: okay why controversy <laughs>
3: carry on I'll tell you <laughs>
1: <laughs> pray uh, a, a second northern drama this one's set in uh, in and around Manchester I think most of it in Salford I believe Luke is that right
2: uh, I don't know if they said did they
1: he, he certainly the works Stafford for the Manchester police force doesn't he um, no, I, I wouldn't thing. want to
2: say specifically Salford
1: Okay. Um, I'm not putting my head And this on the line saw like John that. Sim playing uh, Marcus Farrow, again, another police officer, uh, this time uh, charged with the uh, murder of his wife and younger son. And in the uh, opening sequence, we see him escape from a, uh, a police van and, and go on the run. And then the drama lets us know exactly, you know, why he's gone on the run and uh, why he's trying to clear his name as well uh should we have Gary's Gary you can tell us then controversy well i
3: th- i think i think the thing was i think luke had probably built this up for me a little bit and and i actually wasn't i actually wasn't that bothered by it i have to say i know luke's probably going to press you know end call or something on me in a second but <laughs> i i thought this was a little formulaic i didn't like the fact that you saw what happened at the beginning before you got it at the end i thought that kind of took away some of the suspense i know the name is prey and therefore you know he's on the run i didn't understand the killing of the craig parkinson character who up until that point had probably been the best character in the episode how do thought, you mean the killing of him well he, he killed him didn't he right at the end of that episode didn't he kill he Craig didn't Parkinson's kill him no no
1: no
3: i thought he did okay no. maybe i was wrong but okay anyway well <laughs> I, no, but i thought he did this is an honest mistake i thought he did I didn't think the supporting cast was that great. I didn't think his wife was believable as somebody who, you know, that whole incident at the beginning where she said, I love you on the phone, was supposed to imply that kind of like, oh, we split up, but we're still, but it, it wasn't very convincing. And I I didn't believe the threat against his family from the guy that they went to see in the pub. I just didn't, I thought, I thought John Slim was very good, as always. But I don't know, I, I was just left a little underwhelmed by it. I, I get the feeling you didn't like this. Well, no, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'll watch the second one. But I didn't think this was groundbreaking. I thought, actually, it was kind of formulaic. Luke? I, what I about, felt like i before.
2: What about the way it was shot? And the, and sort of it looked... It didn't look like an ITV drama, did it, really? It looked very mm. slick and very quick. Almost filmed in sort of documentary <laughs> style. Can I add
1: my two penneths to this? Go Um what i liked about this was the fact that in in other fugitive dramas you'd always have someone some sort of experienced it's usually sort of an old hard-bitten copper who'd be chasing him in this case it's sort of a you know a sort of da- not to put anything against the actress but sort of dowdy um yeah. character who's who's obsessed with her ex-husband and wants to prove herself and and charges marcus too early before she's got all the facts and i just like how how both of these characters are flawed and i think that they are acting in a way you'd expect normal people to act in these circumstances because john sim isn't always doing what he should do. you know he's ringing his son and he's he's doing certain things that you know a normal person would do in a fugitive circumstance not like exact you know maybe in so other dra- still, in, in in other dramas people wouldn't phone up because they knew the, the calls were being traced. And I think these characters are flawed. But, but, but hold and on, that's why,
3: that's why he did it from that house and not a mobile yeah, or anything else. Yeah, I know, else. I know.
1: But what I'm saying is he's he's taking chances, whereas in, a, say, for example, we're going to talk about 24 later on, I don't think Jack Bauer would ever do some of the things that, um, you know, this character who feels a lot more real would and I, I I also agree with Luke. The filming of the piece was very well done. Uh, and um, I I disagree with with your assertion about the the opening scene. I thought it really really sort of drew you in uh, and and intrigued you as to whether to why he was actually escaping from the from the van. You've seen I, I also, three
3: of the three. Well, go on, sorry, you go on. Well, no, I, I just I, I also just felt like the whole thing. And I know we've got was it three of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. three episodes. I felt like this this episode was the one to slow down on a little bit, you know. You want you want to secure that backstory. You want to make him know by coming in with that scene right at the beginning. You've kind of almost killed off that episode. It almost doesn't matter what happens. No, in I disagree. I disagree completely.
1: because you know okay. what's
3: going to happen at the end of the first one. But, you but that was the, the middle. Of, that was the middle anything. of
1: the first one. The, the surprise, well, all right. The surprise at the end of the first one was that, that you know his mate was in on it that was the shock that you got at and, the and end and shot yeah not, not killed shot,
3: shot um,
2: not g- killed. Can, I, can I ask um, I've seen episode 2 I think Gary will enjoy episode, mm. episode because 2 it, because it's about the, the hunt it's about yeah. the actual prey um, when uh, Rosie Cavallero and John Sim are brilliant together. Um I don't want to spoil anything for anybody listening, but just the third one I haven't seen. I decided to wait and watch it with everybody I else.
1: I, I really I it was such a, a testament to the second episode. I just couldn't wait. I needed to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I just the, that final scene in episode two was so good I was just like I wish I could see I the wish third I was excited right as, as excited oh, as I you can. Too. I don't
3: know, I, I, I think, think it, the other thing can I just say, I think the other thing yeah. was, I don't think Monday night was great for this. I know you're going to say to me, but Gary, that's the Broadchurch shot. Come on, shut up, shut up. But I don't know, I just didn't feel <laughs> when that... When would
1: you have put it on then, Gary?
3: I don't know, but not Monday night. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have an alternative. If it's a great story, why not put it over three nights? Why not do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Well, I, they, they I, could, I, I will answer that.
1: It. I don't think it would have the same impact. I think... Yeah. And I think after watching two and three together I was slightly disappointed that I hadn't waited I think if I had have waited and you know had had a week between each one I think I would have found it more enjoyable that sort of sense of um, anticipation that we got from
0: do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs consider a henson razor Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost $0.10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com Holiday. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something like
2: church. One intriguing yet not spoilery word on episode three, please, Matt, if you can. I know it's hard. Oh, can sorry.
1: I thought it? you were going to ask me a question. Yes. No. Man. Can
2: Can you say one word that's not spoilery but perhaps intriguing about episode three? Or, or coins. Ooh, that'll do, pig, that'll do. Uh Pernkoy's a crime uh pray rather continues nine o'clock on Monday nights, unfortunately tonight. apparently. Uh tonight if you're okay, listening to this uh, whenever well, we put it up.
1: Yeah. Uh moving on to another yes another Northern drama, this one set in mm. the fictional town Is this Yorkshire as well? Yeah, Roughton, so, isn't it? Rorton.
2: And the first thing I want to say about this, because I have to say, I didn't see it all, so I shan't be commenting, Sunday night, if we're talking about scheduling, did seem a weird place for this. Yes, it,
1: it was on Sunday night's first time. I think that's the slot that they've given all of their... It mis- wasn't Big human in this slot as well. I think that's... Yeah.
3: The- yeah, but, I, I think yeah. this fitted in quite well. I mean, I watched Fargo followed by this, and that mm. was quite a nice Sunday evening for me. Odd. <laughs> I know, <laughs> two, odd. Different, two very different but odd dramas. Uh... I,
1: for anyone, I, I don't think anyone would have come into this fresh, but this was um, Dominic Mitchell's, uh, I suppose, zombie drama. Yeah. Because yeah, they are zombies at the end Insected, of the day. The first series Insected, looked, I was set just after um, a war between the undead and uh, the humans, where... Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> und- is that what is that what we're going with now? Yes, is that no, how okay. annoying you're going to be for the rest of the thing?
1: No, 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 no. no I'm not you. The, uh, the the uh, undead had just sort of been reintegrated into society and known as PDS, PDS sufferers. We sort of saw this story being told from the, the eyes of uh, one of the PDS sufferers, Kieran, and we learnt about you know how he died and came back to life and his relationship with his neighbour... And the first series I thought was uh, it sort of had undertones about prejudice and racism and homophobia and things mm. like that. This religion. this religion yes to an extent you've got the vicar character who uh, w- was in this first episode. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this series to me seems like it's going to be a lot more sort of politically charged uh, yeah. with the introduction of the Victor's party. And um, they're sort of, to me, feel like a, a right wing group in maybe the sort of BMP mould. I don't know if you agree with me on that one.
3: Yeah, I think they're definitely cut out of the BMP UKIP kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. It? Uh, I, I, I know. I mean, I think the big thing is in series one, there was this kind of mysterious computer website, wasn't there? Uh, which drew the main character in, which I assume we're going to be we're obviously going to get a bit more of in this This is the, the UDL, isn't it? The undead. Yeah. Is it the yeah. UDL?
1: It is the end of Who we saw um exact revenge against the humans in that fur in that really sort of haunting opening scene, which I felt yeah, um, which was sort of with a, the, a
3: with the War Family guy.
1: Yeah, with Ricky Tomlinson who was both <sighs> Ricky Tomlinson and Kenneth Cranham, who were big parts of the first series, are sort of um looks like they're leaving let's just put it like that in it really I th- fell I off think... my
2: chair in that blooming bit and I could sue Dominic Mitchell for a hip replacement and when they when they were on that when they were on the tray, when they were on the bus tram. and it all tram, kicked tram, the tram when it? it all kicked off I nearly wet myself I needed I thought a that was really
1: it. well Fantastic done opening. That, yeah yeah and I, I loved how he were saying you know trying to explain to his grandson you know we shouldn't talk like that everyone's sort of settled down now and I just thought but it you know as part of my point the UDL are almost like sort of like the splinter cell aren't they like a terrorist group because I think it's
3: almost like the IRA of the Sinn Féin
1: Hmm. yeah
3: not Uh, trying to be as political as that God are we getting political tonight (laughs) Um,
1: and and, and I liked how the sort of politician character uh, played by a woman whose name I can't pronounce I won't won't try um Uh. The estates uh, minister. The, the yeah. <laughs> the woman who was in uh, I am slave. Oh. She she was. Uh, oh and, yeah. And,
2: don't don't try that. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll I
1: loved how Hold she had all this it. sort. Of, you know, she felt like a a local politician. But then you saw you know you saw another side to her when she came at that uh, zombie with the. Uh, electric drill which i thought was another brilliant sequence Um, i really
2: like the relationship between luke newbury and his sister as well yeah i I think
1: what this to me what this has is it has sort of the horror element for for the fans of that genre it also has sort of the emotion of both the characters of kieran and his sister jem who was once a, a part of the human volunteer force but now he's trying to Get some sort of semblance of a normal life by going back to school, where she's quite quite a loner, but at the same time having flashbacks. One of my favourite sequences in the first episode was that flashback in the supermarket that she had. That was cool. And and also we had uh, again some little bits of humour which I quite like. I like sort of it to me seems like Dominic Mitchell did grow up in sort of a small northern town because there were like little bits which were really well observed. I like the. The two women in the pub, especially, was, uh, yes. was a nice little bit. And then a bit later on with the, the B&B owner and her undead mother-in-law, which I thought was also... Uh, <laughs> I, I did
3: like that. That whole sequence in the pub was really good, where, you know, obviously the pub owner's going, one day this could all be yours, and then you turn around and it's them two and one drunk guy in the corner. Yeah. You know, there were there were little little nods to not laugh-out-loud humour, but that kind of it's like well that goes with that kind of genre. And,
1: and I think if you like, like myself you know, have grown up in a small town, you you sort of recognise a lot of these characters and and sort of understand Um, it a bit more. Luke, though, you had some reservations about the dialogue you were saying before. Well, bits
2: of it just sounded a bit clunky to me, Um, but I think I'm picking unnecessary
1: fault. I mean, I I think this didn't get great reviews, having looked at some of the... uh, Including... One from uh, my local paper, the Stoke Sentinel, which I am a bit ashamed of. With
2: and... you, stop plugging the. St- Every week it's about the
1: Stoke. <laughs> and and Sentinel. I'd like to, and I'd just like to say now that I am not the person in the Stoke selfie as well. While while we're on Stoke, um... we're not
2: on Stoke. <laughs> You're on.
3: Stoke. Do they even have we're camera on... phones in Stoke? Not yet. Well, it's we still we have... <laughs> the Stoke Polaroid.
1: Uh, okay, so in the flesh continues 10 p.m. every Sunday <laughs> night. What? And and that
3: woman's <laughs> name is Womni Musaki. Well done. We could, yeah, I knew that. Yeah.
1: Um, moving on to uh, Channel Four documentary, uh, Mr. Drew's School for Boys. This was the deputy head from uh, educating Essex. Uh, he Stephen Drew, who opened up a summer school for uh, 11. Uh, I suppose challenge would be a good word, or challenging almost, boys yeah. who, who've had problems, um, you know, being expelled from school uh, with their attitudes, swearing, you know, being rude to the parents and other teachers.
3: General uh, tomfoolery. G-
2: <laughs> <laughs> for those listening, Gary <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's one for the school um, report. General
2: tomfoolery.
1: Now, did either of you watch this?
2: I got it on my Skype uh, plus box, I wanted to watch it, just not Gary? have time yet. Uh, Gary won't have no, seen I it, haven't. he's probably on it. Right. My question to you, Matt, is, because you're the one of us that's seen it, is, does it feel, because contr- I remember Gareth Malone's School for Boys, which I watched because of Gareth Malone, but it felt incredibly contrived. Mm.
1: How, how much contrived is What I would is say is thing? that I think, at uh, its hard. The the idea is a good one, it's, I, Mr Drew seems completely passionate about trying to change the lives of these young boys. The teachers who he's got involved in the project seem very invested themselves and I think parents generally want to you know because the parents are at this school as well generally want the behaviour of their children to improve and they don't want them going off the tracks and and to that extent the actual pro the project the school I think isn't contrived. What I think makes it contrived is the fact that the cameras are filming it i think the fact that this is a tv show is almost detrimental to what mr Mm. drew and the other teachers are are, are trying to do and it it seems to me that the 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 boys are especially aware of the cameras and early on realize that if they act up and if they insult mr drew then they know they're going to get more camera time that might just be sort of me being cynical but I, I well, you no. could actually see several times during this, you could actually see the camera crew as well. Um, and I, I just think, I, 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 really appreciate what they're doing, and the message does seem to be getting through to them. But I just I, think, but and are
2: there, it, Is it a likable bunch? Because often on these sort of, for lack of a better term, sort of
1: um, brat camp. Well, I, shows, I don't they're, know. They're
2: not likable, are they?
1: You can see that they want. Some of them seem very intelligent, but obviously their problems are getting in the way. There, but there is a lot of shouting. This being the first episode, I think though you could grow to like some of them. I think you know because there's there's six of these or four.
2: I think there's four.
1: But four. I could be wrong. I think over the over the period you're going to see them, you know, mellow, and, and I think you'll probably grow to like most of them. But I, I, as I say, I think making this into a tv show is almost detrimental to what mr do is trying to do that's my two penneth on that one that's my new catchphrase well, this,
2: i will watch podcast. it and will <laughs> we'll enjoy it i also have got um last chance school which i i think channel four do these sort of mm. documentaries really well so i'm sort of looking uh at that. did
1: anybody catch uh, the first comedy playhouse uh over to bill unfortunately i Danny.
3: did yeah Luke? Yeah, um, well, and, and I wished I hadn't but because You rang me was...
1: during when this was on the other night and I had to I did catch not, up with you? it on the iPlayer, Luke did oh. uh, well, but why I, I... Are
2: You purposely caught up with it
1: What's, what's your well, problem? Well I sort of flicked through Bit I've sort of watched this in sort of three stages I watched bits of it on the preview channel bits of it when it was on and bits of it on the iPlayer I'm um, still watching all the
2: monster.
1: media there Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. This, for anyone who was lucky enough not to see it, was, uh, as I say, the first in three comedy playhouse sitcom pilots stars Hugh Dennis as the uh, comically named... Was it Bill Onions, I think, was his name? Uh, Uh,
2: That was the funniest thing about it.
1: A weatherman sacked by the BBC early on, uh, then trying to get a job with Channel 4 through his uh, friend, played by Neil Morrissey, who's got a contact in Channel 4. But basically, the the uh, plot of this was that he had to keep uh, Neil Morrissey's uh, girlfriend, played by uh, Helen George from *Call the Midwife*, on side. She was very high maintenance, and she'd already sort of uh, vetoed some of his other friends. I just thought this was just was horrendous. Uh, it just Gary, had nobody likable in it. it as a, as a no. as a fan of. Um, Red door for you surprised that Doug Naylor was involved? Well, no,
3: I, I, I kind of recognised a bit of Doug, Doug Naylor's there were some nice lines in it but I tell you what this right, programme eh? lacked. It, it lacked it lacked a laughter track this needed people no. to be encouraging you to actually realise what the jokes were. I, I mean, come on, no, there I... were scenes
1: where he tried breast milk the final gag was them donating bone marrow for God's well, sake. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's it, was <laughs> it was
3: flawed overall. I won't, I won't disagree with that. The Absolutely thing with the flawed.
1: Wedding present that wasn't funny.
3: No, the thing the, the, uh, the bits that—that's what I'm saying. The bits that were funny, completely hidden. In, 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 in the programme. There were a few amusing bits. When he was watching his competitor, you know, on the television for the first time, when he was at lunch with Neil Morrissey, there were a few nice lines, but I think they, those got lost I, in, in I the shuffle. I
1: personally would have liked to have seen more of him actually doing the web, you know.
3: Well, that was that a the problem, is that they got rid of the most yeah. interesting part within 30 seconds of the opening.
1: And also, I, I, I disagree with Luke to an extent. I I found Tracy Ann Oberman's character of of Bill's wife likeable but I, I, I was willing oh, her really to leave not. him throughout the, the episode because no. he was that despicable and she I, wasn't I in also... it
3: enough to really, to really make a big impact no. I also think um, a laughter
2: track would have just annoyed me if it had yes. one because you'd be sat there going well...
3: people actually <laughs> laughed at this We've got, yeah, two, I two, so.
1: we've got two more of these comedy playhouses. Uh, Gary, are you going to uh, try the other two? Or we've got Miller's I, might,
3: I might do. I mean, I, what I've read of Miller's Mountain, and we'll come on to that later, it doesn't really excite me, but I think I'll give that a go. I think, you know, they're only, what, 20 minutes on the iPlayer or something, or 25 minutes? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're worth sitting through. If if you find nothing good in the first ten, then you can always turn off. I won't, I won't be watching it live.
1: And, and
2: that is the words of a TV
3: critic. Watch yeah. the first ten minutes, turn
2: it off.
1: Yep. And finally, well, no, um, something only Gary was uh, up early enough to uh, catch. You didn't watch the uh, the premiere of this, but you
3: did catch no. bits,
1: bits, bits during the week. This was ITV's new show, uh, Good Morning Britain. Um, um, if,
3: if you've ever watched any of the American um, Good Morning programs, Luke, may, yeah, may, may, maybe you can comment on this. Good Morning Britain is the first attempt to really try and capture that. That kind of cheesiness. They they go to the desks when they have the uh, the news. So there's four of them. That's the two main reporters, Ben Shepherd and Suzanne Reed, one weather girl, one weather girl, and one news sport.
1: Who were both God. from the they Sky. They all sit around the desk and
3: they yeah, and they all go round the desk to do different news stories. Um, and then when they go to their more kind of let entertainmenty bit, they all kind of walk over to the the sofas. <laughs> So the, it, it's yeah. kind of like, what's it, it, the diff, what, There's nothing new but, here. But yeah, really. you say
1: that. I mean, I just based on what I read about it, the this is this shiny new thing. You know, they they lured Susanna from BBC with loads yeah. of money. Uh, but the first face who got some real screen time was Andy Peters.
3: Yeah, Andy Peters is doing the really awful Keith Chegwin comedy moment from The Big Breakfast, but more <laughs> seriously, whereas Keith Chegwin was sent out. So he's doing something called Spin to Win or something, isn't it? Or where you basically spin something and win he's money. Been, I he's mean, had it's a good week, Peters because
1: he's on Ejector Seat as well, isn't he? Which I he didn't is, see. Yeah. I, 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 it's a I think on that was, there,
3: were, there were two main complaints that I understand. One was that they tried to imply that George Clooney getting married was breaking news. Uh, which offended, and then I think the thing that offended most people was that apparently a lot of middle-aged men complained that Susanna Reid was hiding her legs behind a desk, <laughs> which I found surprisingly weird. I didn't think that that was such a an amazing thing that people did. You know, on the BBC they obviously saw her legs. I, I just and think be fair. Charlie, no, there's, there's no real reason. To about
1: that on, there's no I'm
3: real like... reason why this will work any better than any other breakfast show format. It's not new. It's not different.
1: One, Just, one, th- one other thing, Gary, is something yeah. I read that they said there was too much on the screen at once, too much going on yes. about the weather and stuff.
3: Yeah. Again, if you if you ever watch the brilliant satirical news program The Day Today, where they do the thing where there's things scrolling all over the page, this is it. This is what you get. And, and, and again, Luke will back me up. On American television, it's even worse. It does, it does sound incredibly but like. Is, is oh, this God, any the different
1: from? Um, What's going on on the other side on breakfast is this an alternative or is this them trying to do the same thing I think
3: think ITV have always tried to say we're less serious than the BBC at breakfast, Mm -hmm. the BBC is your place where you get your serious debate and your politics and, and, and ITV was always a bit more where, you know, we'll now go over live to L.A. for a bit of, you know, gossip. And I don't think this is this is no different to that. I don't really see the difference. I that think the thing
1: but... the, the thing they were trying to do with this, I think, was trying to get more news based. I think Daybreak was a, a lot more relaxed. I think a lot more friendly. I, I think
3: but... I think they could have they could have just replaced Lorraine and whatever his face was walking in the air, boy. With Ben Shepherd and Susanna Reid, and it wouldn't have really made much difference. I don't think a whole new format. Would I should need. I
1: should ask my mum about this because she watched both of them, so she'd have yeah. A more. Yeah, believable. Um,
3: but is she uh, available at the moment or no? Yeah, I can
1: go and get her. if yeah, you want. Go, yeah, you? <laughs> Shall I quickly do the previews or does Gary want to do?
3: whiz. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, tomorrow night is the second Of the comedy programmes on BBC One Called Miller's Mountain uh, This one is uh, a programme around uh, uh, The antics of Jimmy Miller And a ragtag family of mountain rescue volunteers and it's uh, One Jeremy of which Lee. is I was just about to say That's that a, It's got what... friend of the show, Sharon Rooney I have the name in front of but me she's
1: not one of the ragtag so... bands, she's a barmaid
3: I knew that I've got the press release in front of me <laughs> <laughs> No way Dear me!
1: Oh no, Gary, I will not. And then
3: Wednesday the game. night, Wednesday night, Billy Connolly uh, does the first of two programs called "The Big Send Off," uh, which are focusing on death. Uh, not exactly a, a light-hearted subject, uh, but a little no, bit like Louis Theroux, he goes to uh, uh, funeral directors in uh, in Los Angeles, which is a drive-through. He goes to pet funeral directors in Texas. Um, obviously, one of the things is is that obviously uh, Billy Connolly recently announced that he was diagnosed with both prostate cancer and Parkinson's. So, obviously, these programs are a, li- a little bit hard to watch, I would imagine. Well, he does um, say, I don't he know. He
1: does say in it that he uh, planned the program before he got this diagnosis.
3: Yeah, so that that could be very interesting. Um, they, Gary? Indeed. Almost Human that we talked about earlier in the uh, uh, the program is starting on Watch on Wednesday night. A return of another series of 24 Hours in A&E, the superb... Series program. 6. By- The Fly on the Wall documentary about the workings of an A&E department at King's College in London on Channel 4. Uh, Also, we talked about in the past, Jonah from Tonga, um, which is a Chris... Is it Chris Lilly? Yeah. Yes, Chris Lilly spin-off from one of his shows. Uh, We're getting this on iPlayer. iPlayer It's all been on
1: iPlayer, but I think it's disappeared from iPlayer now, hasn't it? Yeah,
3: it it has, yeah, because a friend of mine told me they were trying to find it. And lastly, next Saturday night... uh, Gay Christmas, as one of my friends call it, uh, Eurovision. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm not supporting that. I'm just saying what one of my friends does. That, uh, that's and also say this they week,
1: do. they've got the BBC Three are showing the semi-finals. Don't forget, if you're a massive, well, what, Eurovision what are they going to do
3: with that when BBC Three goes to on air, You know, goes off air. Where are they going to put the semi-finals?
1: Probably <laughs> online.
3: And, one and of the yeah, things that keeps me up at night. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, it's only as well, we should get
1: a Eurovision song from Gary at the end
3: you ever going to let me finish a sentence? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> as long as I know, that's fine. Um, and the other thing oh. is, is that the Brit- England... Shut up. England have actually got... Uh, United Kingdom have actually got a reasonable chance of winning this year, apparently. We're about 8-1. Okay. to one, Apparently so. 6-1 to one or 8-1. to one. I
1: think the song is just really, really dull, if I'm honest, It's but so it boring, past, isn't it? But yeah. that, that's
3: what tends to win Eurovision, isn't it? Dull songs.
1: Mm. Talking of dull songs, no. Uh, <laughs> Luke, finish us off. <laughs> at Lucas, the TV
2: from me. You can also uh, like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash T V and visit the website itself. Also, big um, thank you to everyone. We reached a million views mm. last week on the site and we also reached over oh. 40,000 plays of the podcast as well. So oh, thank you very much for everyone supporting us over the last few years when we've been when I've been taking it properly seriously. Um, okay, um, Matt, where are you on the old I'm
1: on the old Twitter sphere at Matt's TV Bites
3: I'm I'm at the Gary Show. And, and now, now... as <laughs>
1: oh, so it says it on his Twitter profile that he's the one who provides the songs on the Costa TV podcast. Oh, that's
3: right. Yes, uh, you've been really you stalking me again, Donnelly. What's going on? <laughs> uh, right. Well, in honour of uh, Mrs McNamara, who's not yet back from hers, I thought I'd sing a little uh, a little Madonna number. <laughs> uh, no, not that one. Uh, it's this one. If we took a holiday Took some time to celebrate Just one day out of life It would be It would be so nice Holiday Cut there, if you
1: want. I was really enjoying that.
3: Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Download this podcast
3: (laughs) from thecustardtv.com
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW DW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.